Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hello, everybody. This is Stephanie Hansen, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota. We are the podcast where we talk to people in the Twin Cities that are making cool things. I believe we were on, I'm trying to think if we're on number 78 or 79. I looked before you came in, and of course, now I can't remember. But neither here nor there, we will make sure that we get you right in in order. I am here with uh, Krista and Steve, and they are the family that has started Velvet Bee's Honey Butter and you guys, I was saying earlier that your honey butter is like my personal crack cocaine. <laughs> I love it so much. I first came across it at Certix. Were they one of the first people to carry it? They were. Yeah. They I think were. Mary Richter, who works at Certix in the cheese shop there, I think she gave me a jar and she was like, you have to try this. It is so amazing. Wonderful. Can you tell me what how, what is honey butter, and did you invent this, or is this something that other people have been making and you just perfected and packaged it, Krista? We uh, Honey butter is five ingredients, honey, butter, cream, sugar, and vanilla. Very simple, all clean. Um, we've been making it since 2011, and we came across honey butter quite by accident. Um, my mom was making it for family and friends. But it didn't originate with our family. It um, originated in, it was found in a in an old um, church cookbook. I was just going to say, the yep. church cookbook. Church yes. cookbook up in way northern Minnesota. One of my aunts found it. And my mom's the oldest of 10. And the, the daughters, uh, the sisters and sister-in-laws get together and they do all these fabulous cookings and coming up with great things yep. for the family. So it's been around for a long time, but it didn't originate with us. But uh, my mom was selling it uh, to friends and to um, curves for women. And um, (laughs) the women would go on their route, on their circuit. Yeah. And they'd walk by and they'd dip a pretzel into the honey butter. Okay. So we had a, we we had a, um, a ready made um, audience when we, when we took over. My mom thought, she said to us, I think this can be something great. So we took, um, took it on. We were unemployed. We had just relocated back to Minnesota. And um, Minnesota's economy wasn't as great as I thought. We were coming from New Mexico. Sure. And um, we started making it. We got the licensing through the Department of Agriculture. We found a commercial kitchen. And our first event was a farmer's market in Victoria, Minnesota. We sold 17 jars. And we thought, woohoo, we made it. And so Steve is here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, you guys are married, I'm assuming. We are. Okay, sorry. I probably shouldn't assume, but I'm here <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm we glad are. you're married. <laughs> so, Steve, you moved here from New Mexico in in 2011 and started this. You know, here's your wife's family making this crazy honey butter. And yet you're like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Let's do this. Was it... Right away, like, oh, yeah, this product's great. I think we can do this. Or were you skeptical? Well, uh, we went to a uh, like a church bazaar. Um, and Krista's mom was there at the table, and she was selling her honey butter. She had her little table set up with a little bee, and people were coming up and buying a jar or two. And uh, I saw this woman walk into the 
gymnasium, and you know, it was probably 150, 200 people. Yep. And she looked around, and she saw my mother-in-law, and she made a beeline for her, and she bought a whole case. At the end of the day, Krista's mom had sold over seven cases of honey butter in like three and a half or four hours. And I thought, if we are going to sell anything, it's going to be this honey butter. And did you come from the Twin Cities, Steve? Was this your hometown? No, I had a... Uh, I, I grew up just west of Boston. Okay. And uh, I, I thought had, I detected a little yeah. something. <laughs> and then I had, uh, late in life, 2004, I relocated to North Carolina. Uh-huh. And then from there to New Mexico, where I met my wife, and uh, and to Minnesota. And what were you doing prior to meeting your wife? Were you an entrepreneur? What kind of business were you in? Well, uh, I was a project manager for a construction company. Okay. We did restaurants and hotels. And when I moved to North Carolina, I actually worked on the uh, NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Okay. And then um, back to construction and project management when the economy really crashed in 2008, and I moved to Albuquerque. Isn't it funny, and maybe you've realized this, but there were so many companies that were started in the sort of October of 2010, was it, that the stock market crashed again? Yeah, nine. 2008. It was 2008. 2008. But but the economy really crashed in 2009 and 10. Things really sunk. One of the reasons we came back here was because of the economy in New Mexico. It was about a year behind. And we were both, both of our jobs were either being restructured or uh, being eliminated. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, Steve, let's go to Minnesota. The economy is always good there. We'll find jobs. Right. (laughs) So you come to Minnesota and you see this honey butter. Now, were you blissfully ignorant about what you didn't know at the time? Because most people that are unemployed as a couple aren't going to be like, yes, let's start a company. Yeah, blissfully ignorant. That's a great way to put it. We were blissfully. We had really varied backgrounds. I mean, you heard Stevie, project management for for hotels and and restaurants and NASCAR. And and so he had been all over. And I'd been in in, uh, uh, publishing. And uh, when I was in New Mexico, I worked for a nonprofit. I worked in television. So I... um, I have a really varied background, but nothing in either one of our backgrounds said we would be making a product and selling it to the masses. And when you started, you went right to commercial kitchens. You never, like, were toiling it in your own kitchen. Correct. Only to test it out to see the recipe, the original recipe, is only five jars. That's it. Right. Five okay. jars at a time. And so how and, to mass produce it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we pretty much had to get into a facility and we were fortunate enough to find one in St. Paul. So it wasn't too far from where we live. And um, and they had room for us. And, and that's how we started. So this is different than honey in that it's a refrigerated product. Did that yes. lead to challenges that are different than selling just uh, honey, yeah. for instance? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I... When we first started, we were really kind of um, down on the refrigeration, going to farmers markets and going to um, events, lugging uh, you know coolers full of yep. honey butter and ice and dry ice and all that stuff. Uh, and then, but once we were able to make the transition to uh, grocery stores uh-huh. and co-ops, it's been one of the best. It's it's really a good thing for us because it separates us from. Or everybody else is shelf stable. We're in with the cheeses. 
we you know because we need do need to be refrigerated. So it's we've kind of um, ended up away from a lot of the our competi- what would we would call competition fig spreads, jams, jellies, that type of stuff. It's interesting to hear you say that because we've also interviewed on this program um, Pam Powell from the Salad Girl, mm-hmm. and she's also in the refrigerator mm-hmm. section. Mm-hmm. And that's been somewhat challenging for her because all of the dressings are in the dressing section. And so she's had to really educate people to find her in the refrigerated section near where the greens are. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, when you're marketing your product, are you talking about find us where the cheese is? Or how do you make that transition for people? Yes, actually, uh, that is exactly how we do it. We On our jar, um, the new jar we have, uh, keep refrigerated. And so it 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 has said that actually on, on everything we do pretty much has keep refrigerated on it because like like the salad girl brand we people expect to see us where the honey is right and so they we have to tell them no we're really more of a dairy product so it has been an education and the best thing that ever happened to us was being put in with specialty foods and specialty cheeses because the cheesemongers say I think this would be really good with a blue or with a, a sharp cheddar. And so it gets a special handling, which if you taste the honey butter, then you know you love it. Yeah, you never go back. Um, I brought it home. I remember the first time and nobody ate it except for me. And then the second time I brought it home... I finally introduced it to my kid, which was a major mistake (laughs) because if she sees it in the refrigerator now, it's just like, oh, I love that stuff. (laughs) And she just eats it on everything, you know, like so honey butter toast is an obvious Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, Popovers, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Pancakes. Um, You have told me to eat it on apples, which I probably wouldn't have done unless you had coached me. So that was a Mm -hmm. win. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to put it on apples with salt. I'm kind of oh. crazy about salt, and so oh. just that makes a really good, perfect bite. That would be great. Yeah, it's wonderful. And then popcorn. Um, I love popcorn, mm-hmm. and I love buttered popcorn, and we used to make kind of like a brown sugar syrup with butter and brown oh. sugar when we were at the cabin and make like our own caramel corn. I like this so much better because that one is always a little gritty and too sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so I just heat it up in the microwave and pour it over my popcorn, it's, and it's mm-hmm. delicious. Um, your packaging, you did you always start out, you were originally in like a small size mason jar? Yes, the 8-ounce. Mm-hmm. And your current packaging is still 8, eight ounce. ounces. Mm-hmm. It's a little mm-hmm. bit different than a mason jar. You have new packaging. Tell me yes. about the new packaging. Oh, we're so excited. <laughs> um, a couple of things that we did last year is we, we want to branch out, expand our reach to the coasts. Okay. And um, we were fortunate enough to work with an organization called AURI, which is through the University of Minnesota. Are you sure. familiar with them? Yep. They, um, they've been, they were wonderful to us. They took us under their wing. They tested our product. They gave us recommendations. They helped us to uh, come up with the label. The, the new the new label has the uh, the um, um, required uh, nutritional panel by the um, F- the FDA. Yep, because you did not have a nutritional panel. I don't recall before we did, but it was the long the longer kind, yep. and it wasn't it wasn't as exacting as this one is. And like they have the calories eight times bigger, <laughs> but it's still only twenty calories a serving, so that's a good thing. Is that an error? 
No, that's for real. That's how you have to have Pass. it. That's it's funny huge. so that you can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let there be no mistake. <laughs> I want to ask you about the calories. Um, okay, so I'm getting all over the place here. <laughs> Tell me about Ari, A-U-R-I, A-U-R-I, and how you hooked up with them or did they find you? Well, it was a process where you um, registered. So we we learned about them through one of the other food producers at the kitchen where we were. And um, the AUR is AURI is the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute, and it's affiliated with the University of Minnesota. And what they did for us, we had to fill out a form, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a proposal type of form, and tell them about us, about our product. They have food scientists that you bring that you work with. They they become your mentor or your advisor, if you will, and they take you through the steps. You know what is your goal? What are your goals with your product? If you want to go to a co-packer, they have resources to find co-packers you never knew existed. Um, if you want to become automated, they help you with automation. They have uh, um, um, plants in uh, Marshall and um, somewhere up in. Northern Minnesota, where they do testing, that alone was worth its weight in gold because that's expensive. They do it to help the entrepreneurs, the the food producers in the state of Minnesota. They started off helping pretty much exclusively farmers and um, um, ranchers, but uh, they saw a need and said, "We can help." help these people smaller producers yes yes people producing different products yes that aren't just grain based right right and they have a a a magazine that they send out and we were lucky enough that they featured us one time and and it was just such wonderful exposure and that i think is one of the reasons that we were able to you know branch out even further into the into the midwest i when i was looking at your website um I was impressed, velvetbeeshoneybutter.com. I was impressed with how many locations you can buy your product. Um, do you have a distributor or do you create these sales relationships on your own? We we have two distributors at this point, one local and one in Chicago. And uh, we're working on developing another relationship that will take us out east. And hopefully, eventually west. But right now, you know, you've you've got to do these things in small steps because for us, it's just the two of us that sure. have been making the honey butter. Now we um, we moved into a new facility, which is also something our 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 customers and friends aren't aware of. In November, we moved into a new facility, and so that is allowing us to bring on part time workers. We had some before, but now we have five part-time workers and um, we have storage. We have a dedicated space where we can actually produce honey butter as often as we need to. So do you produce it and then the co-packer or tell me how that works? Um, we we produce it. Uh, we do everything, the whole process right through um, the labeling and everything. We now have um, a walk-in where we can put pallet size Pallets in, just open the door instead of doing all the handwork we used to have to do in the in the past. Are um, you guys in the food district? We are yes. in the okay. Northeast yeah. Food District yep. building. That's mm-hmm. the so those of you that listen um, in the beginning of our series, probably I think episode fifteen around ish. There we talked to Chad Gilliard and um, Zoe Glass about the Midwest Pantry, and they have expanded into building uh, and creating a food district in Northeast, mm-hmm. and they're trying to create a collaborative of makers and the first building is all leased and you're yes. one of their tenants. Yeah. 
and they're working on other buildings. So that may be a podcast to go back and listen mm-hmm. to if that's something you're interested in. So you're now in that space. Mm-hmm. You have part-time workers. How much time of the two of you actually is spent like churning honey butter? Um, well, 100%. I mean, yeah, we do it. We When we work, Chris and I are both there, and uh, we do some prep work. Uh, Krista doesn't have to go for that anymore, but, uh, you know, washing all the jars and getting them um, set up ahead of time, all that stuff can now be done and just left. And we don't have to do just an individual day's worth. We can get a couple days ahead or even a week ahead. How many days in a week are you actually doing production versus other type of work? Two, Two days a week this time of year, starting about September is three to four days a week. Okay, because... Why is your product seasonal? Um, well, orchards. We're very big in three or four orchards here in Minnesota. We're looking to expand that a little bit more. Okay, so is well. it a natural? Do they orchard, meaning they sell these apples yes. and then they sell the honey butter? Mm-hmm. Got it. Yes. Okay. And then um, the Christmas uh, time and you know holiday season, it's a natural. Uh, some, of the re- some of the ways I tell people when we do demos – Enjoy honey butter, butternut squash. Oh um, my gosh, I would have never thought yeah. of that. I hate so you good. right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I love butternut squash so That's much, really and I can totally see doing this. Sweet or, potatoes. Yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet potatoes. potatoes. Oh. Over carrots. Easy candy carrots. Yep. Just put a teaspoon in, let it melt. Um, and then oatmeal. Okay. So in pushing that whole Thanksgiving, Christmas thing and yeah. running some specials. Uh, it makes a great hostess gift as well. It's a nice yeah, gift. You know, it really does. How much is your eight ounce jar now? Generally, because I know you are yeah. right around eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Yep. Yeah. Some okay. areas and, and like smaller um, cheese shops, they, it might run a little bit higher there. Yep. Um, but the, the markets around here, the, the Kowalski's, Lens Byerly's, Whole Foods, they tend to be run under 10. Okay. It it is really it's amazing. By the way, Thank um, you. <laughs> I want to ask you about updating and changing your packaging. So, and I and I'm going to ask you some more like specific questions about things. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you had no jobs and you were here and you see this recipe and you're like, we can do this and we can um, sell this at farmers markets and at fairs. Did you like at that point go? We're going to invest, you know, whatever the amount is, five thousand dollars in this, and if we can't make it go, then we'll do something else. Or how did you have that conversation? Well, I don't think it was an option for us. Yeah, we did. We were. We pretty much. We had about ten thousand dollars when we moved back here. That was my savings, and we said, "All right, let's let's see what what we're going to do." And uh, we started making the honey butter. We were we're very frugal people anyway, but we were super frugal. And um, we did everything. We um, we made the labels. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up having them printed. But when we first started out, we printed them on the computer printer and then cut them out with the hand um, trimmer and took two-inch tape, packing tape, and and. St- Centered it on the tape, so put it on the jar. And wrinkly, yeah, mm-hmm. because you have to have, um, you have to still have to have your identification on there through the Department of Ag. Sure. So we needed it to be legal, and so, um, so in that way, that was one of the things we did. And then eventually, we were able, we were able to get enough money where we could have our lib- labels printed professionally. So 
we thought, do you remember well, that first order and just like ah oh god yeah yeah because <laughs> because um we didn't have a label because what we were using was just like five colors and that was going to cost yep. a fortune so <laughs> i said okay just give me some time just give me some time so i sat down at the computer and i went into paint and um so you were the graphic designer too i was how funny <laughs> so that was the and that was the the foil label that we just replaced with this the um we knew that we had to get this honey butter into people's mouths so every farmers market every event we went to we did Jesse James days down in Saint, in down in Northfield sure. it was so much fun we ran out the first day steve was tearing back to uh twin cities at midnight to get more ingredients so we could make more honey butter um but the best marketing thing we ever did and this is the truth we had a two-piece lid when we first, and most everybody who's, who uses honey, our honey butter right now is still, still has a two-piece lid. We took, you know those magnets that you can put your business card on and put it on people's refrigerator? Yep. We took a piece of paper and made it in, into four. Took that measurement, made it into four. Put our name, our email address, our phone number, and our website on it. We cut them out, and they fit just perfectly on that lid. Yep. So every jar that honey butter of honey butter that went out had one of those magnets. Don't forget about us. And people still come up to us and say, "I have your magnet on our refrigerator." Yeah. That was 2011. That's really smart and something kind of simple. Yeah, so simple. But in in the kind of way you were selling, if I saw you at a festival or a fair, I maybe wasn't going to get back to Jesse James days. Right. So people knew how to get in touch with you. Right. Smart. So. You're out there. You're like completely hustling it, it sounds like, together, which is sweet. <laughs> um, you're going to these festivals. You're going to these events. Now you're bootstrapping it. You're yeah. paying for okay. as you go. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like your first big expense where you were both really just like, oh, this is scary? They're conferring. No, that was, yeah. Okay. Uh, or, actually, it was an apple orchard that called with the big order. Remember? We didn't have enough money. Oh, it was. Okay. Well, our first wholesale order was actually the first year we were in operation. Okay. We, we thought, okay, what kind of events can, should we do? Well, w- one of our goals was the state fair, and we knew we just couldn't go in blind. We knew we couldn't get in, probably, yeah. unless we knew someone. So we did the Washington County Fair. It was just really not a fun experience. <laughs> it was so hot. But the best thing that happened was on the last day, uh, one of the uh, volunteers for the fair came up to us and said, can I take a jar of your honey butter? I tried it last night, and I'd like to share it with my other boss. And we said, sure. And so we gave her a jar, and and um, she said, I work at Amit's Apple Farm, and um, I think this would be great. And she got in touch with us later and said, Chris Amit loved it. And so he got in touch with us, or we got in touch with him, and Amit's Apple Farm was the first wholesale order we had. And uh, so he, they called and placed the order. Was it 10? Yeah, I think it was, it was five or ten. Five or ten cases, and we looked at each other and said, "Dad, we don't have that much honey butter." <laughs> so we had to um, borrow some money to buy the the your ingredients. Ingredients can't be cheap. No cream, and tell me about butter. the uh, the butter. Mm-hmm. Tell me about um, the um, bees. Where do you get your honey, or do you have a relationship with someone? Because bees are important. Yes. Well, we uh, used local honey when we first started. Um, out the first couple of years, we were friends and um, business partners with a couple honey sure. uh, beekeepers. Yeah, um, out 
Basker out Westway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, we just couldn't get the consistency. You know, what tastes, what is in Chasker isn't what's in Egan. Or, yeah, you know. and that's what's kind of interesting. I learned about honey a lot from mm-hmm. Bolton Bees, and there's yes. terroir of honey based on where the bees are pollinating and where mm-hmm. they're getting their food. So each honey region tastes a little bit different. Right. Mm-hmm. So we decide on a clover honey, and um, we go through True Source, which is a certification process for anybody that wants uh, to have their honey rated through True Source. Okay. And um, back in, I think it was 2010, um, there was a huge honey scandal where China was uh, bringing honey into this country through European countries. Yeah. Um, they were adding, you know, uh, corn syrup and all sorts of things to it. So True Source kind of blossomed out of that whole ordeal. So um, we just make sure that we get the True Source clover honey. Okay. And we know that it's 100% true okay. honey. And it's consistent. And that's what we love the most about it. Um, do people assume that you're like beekeepers or that you have bees in your backyard? They do. <laughs> and honestly, when we first started, yeah. that was kind of our thought. Hey, it would be great. We will be honey butter makers, but we'll also be beekeepers. So Steve took the course at the University of Minnesota, the Bee Lab, and it mm-hmm. was terrific. It was awesome, but we realized pretty fast there was no way we could do both. Well. Yeah. We live in the city limits of Maplewood, and I think it was that was not something that was allowed. So it would have been fun. And it's very labor-intensive at certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, beekeeping is yes. super intensive at And bees times. are... I mean, not to sound like a dope, but they're animals. Mm-hmm. They're be- they're bugs. They yep. need things. They right. need water, yeah. consistency. You know, it's just like keeping cows or pigs or whatever exactly. else. There's exactly. work. They don't just come into your yard and right. Right. make living flowers. And, yeah, and yeah. colony um, diseases and collapse and right. all kinds yep. of things. Happen, it's been so. rough. It's been rough for, for, for the bees and the beekeepers as well. So we have a lot of respect for them. Yeah, they do a great job. So mm-hmm. you guys are out there. You have new packaging. When when you were looking with, you're talking with Ari, and they're saying you really, in order to expand to these other states, you're going to need some different packaging, some different labeling. The labeling. About, mm-hmm. uh, did they tell you how much that was going to be? Like, did you have a, like they said, oh, it's, I don't even know how much it would be. Is it $2,000, $20,000 to change your packaging? And Oh, it, it, it well, it's actually more than that. We work with a design, a local design firm. Yep. And um, so to come up with the concept, because we didn't just want a, a label, we wanted a brand. Yep. So this is a re- rebranding that we're going through. And eventually, still for us, we need to do it in in um, in segments. You know, we, we needed to get the jar out there. Um, we wanted to go with the single piece lid. And that is something that AURI suggested to us. That one of the issues that small producers will find that, um, especially with the two-piece, and this just blows our mind that people would do this, people do go in, and, um, some people, and they will tamper with your food. Which with- is like the, when they say two-piece lid, like how a mason jar has yes. the top. And, and so the lid. thing that sort of set you apart in the beginning with the magnet is something you had to abandon. Yes. Yeah. With the new packaging. Right. Well, then we, we went to a... Um, a circle. It was a, a white circle, yep. and and um, you you will smile to know that Steve cut every one of those by hand. <laughs> I 
I know exactly that white people that you're talking yes. about. Every single one. We we looked for like a die that you like a punch. They were just a little bit too small for that. It was Which just is like, kind of funny because you were using a fairly standard size jar, yeah. right? That's funny, Steve. That's your next business is to make yeah. a punch for that. Right, exactly. It's uh, a little over two and five eighths. Yeah. So uh, it's not two and a half wouldn't work, and two and three quarters wouldn't work. So the things we've learned. Yeah. So we've worn out a pair of scissors. He did, and... but they're going into the memory box. Yeah. Sure. We have a memory box. So, but they were. But AURI is the organization that said you should look into the tamper evident. Seal. So how did you find the designer that created your packaging for you? Um, who did you end up using? We use Peter Hill Design, okay. and they're in Minneapolis. Um, it is actually an interesting way that that all came to be. Peter Hill um, was a classmate of my younger sister's at Johnson High School. Okay. And um, and and he was a designer and started this firm. Um, I believe it was about 10 years ago he... Uh, um, passed away from leukemia or some uh-huh. horrible disease. But his business partner, Megan Junius, who is the head of Peter Hill Design, um, started, kept it going. And she yeah. kept his name on the company. And at the beginning of 2017, we had a phone call. And on the, on the uh, ID, it said Peter Hill Design. And I thought that, what? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. And it was their new business guy. And he was just calling us out of the blue. And I don't even know how he got our name. I thought maybe my sister had something to do with it. But no. Did they specialize in food packaging and they were just cold calling, dialing for dollars? or It might have been since he was looking. I, they don't specialize in food packaging. They've done some, but not like some of the other companies yeah. around the uh, the Twin Cities. Um, and so we, we met with them. We told them what our, our, our ideas were. And they ask you a ton of questions. Trying to, you know, really made us think about what we wanted with our company. Was that the only company. company you met with? It was, yeah. actually. Um, we just we connected really well with mm-hmm. them. So they, they, they came up with the presentation and they brought us in. And Steve, we were walking in the building. Steve said, well, we know one thing for sure. It won't be purple. It's purple. (laughs) We walked in and that was one of the choices. The other one was really kind of cool. They were both very whimsical, which, you know, kind of uh, nice, you know, simple, but... It's homey looking. Very homey. Uh Mm -hmm. And that was also one of the reasons we stayed with the eight ounce jar. We could have gone with more of a, uh, the non-tapered, but it really looked too highly processed. Yeah, it's still the... I am holding the new packaging. I think I'm one of the first people you are. to get the new packaging. You are. It's very homey looking. Um, and it still seems like it reflects what you do and who you are. It isn't too flashy. No. no, um, no. Purple is an interesting choice. Steve, you, were you just like, oh. When I saw it, I was like, oops, I shouldn't have said that, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> um, I, I fell in love with it right away, especially the fact, you know, we asked about the bee and the flower. Um some of the uh, things I, I take away from what Krista did with the clip art was the clip art bee and the clip art flower that she put on our label. I've had four- and five-year-old uh, children come up and say, look, Daddy, it's the bee. And, you know, I, there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. And the bee and the flower are still here, but mm-hmm. they're in a kind of muted way. Yes. Yeah. Um, which makes it a little bit more sophisticated, I think. Um, so that's really interesting and being able to keep that 
when you say that the branding comes in phases, mm-hmm. is it because of the cost? So like you pay X amount to get this part and then what's the next pieces that would be coming if someone's listening and they're going through a rebranding? It's a wonderful opportunity for for a, an entrepreneur or a business owner, mm-hmm. however you identify yourself, to really think through it. You know, again, we've worked in companies. We've never had our own company. And so um, we've really had to give this a lot of thought. What what Peter Hill Design has been doing with us is they we, we laid it all out in the presentation. We can start here with just your label. We, this is what we can do for a website. This is what we can do for table materials at events and yep. such. These can be handouts all the way up to um, some of our, our dreams for our product include, can I tell her? Flavors. Oh, I was wondering about that. <laughs> and and also then little gift set ideas. I mean, we've got a lot of ideas. They've helped us to kind of focus it into one area. So you can do it piecemeal. You can say, all right, we need the labels done first. What's next? Well, we need business cards. So that'll come next. It's not a huge expense. And some of it we've negotiated with them, with Peter Hill Design, to say, how about if you bring it up to this point? You give us camera-ready art, prepare camera-ready mm-hmm. art and the colors and all of the things that go with it. And we'll take it and do the get the handle printing. the printing. Yep. And um, and what you find, especially when you get to a certain point in your business, and I'm sure you've learned this long ago, um, you can't do everything. Yeah. So when you're still making the product and you're still handling the. Every detail, just the two of us, um, it's really been a challenge. And so um, also letting go of some of those things that you held so strongly, like the the, the old label was, I made that. And it was kind of really a, an emotional uh, piece for me. So to let go of some of these um, control issues. <laughs> At some point, so you guys are, you talk about letting go and you're very hands-on. So mm-hmm. you're producing the product two mm-hmm. days a week. You're involved in all the levels of it. Is there a point where that won't make sense for you anymore? And do you know what that looks like on paper? Like, is it when you get to X amount of jars sold, we won't be able to handle our capacity? And the next step is then giving that over to someone else and working more on the marketing and the business side. Um, yeah, I I don't know how it looks on paper yet. I can see it physically. Yep. Um Krista's son works with us religiously, and he's kind of slowly taking the reins over, and he's seeing the vision as well now. So there'll come a time, I don't know, you know, if it'll be shortly or a couple years, where hopefully he will um, really... Take over. And, so that's interesting. Yeah. So you see this as a family business yes. that you will transition. Yes. Actually, there are two sons. There are two sons. Actually, yeah. I was going to say, and Nick um, is also seeing the potential and becoming more involved as well. When Krista and I started this company, we were only working like two part-time jobs and trying to piece things together. Yeah. And we always said that we would like to provide jobs for the state that allowed us to start this whole thing. So Yeah. Um, we're pretty dedicated. We're pretty dedicated and positive about providing jobs for other people. My daughter would have wished you were her parents because when we had our company, <laughs> we felt honored to be able to provide jobs for people. Mm-hmm. But we always thought it would never be jobs that we would provide for our kid. Hmm. We just never thought that she'd be interested in the industry we were in, and 
it just never really occurred to us. And then when we sold it, she'd worked for us like a couple summers and she was like, you know, well, maybe that would have been my business. And we were like, oh, really? Well, you know, too late. Sorry. We didn't even really ever think about that. It was it was always kind of the dream because it it's even though the 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 recipe didn't originate in the family, it's been in our family and and everybody's used it. And I know my mom has just been she's still flabbergasted every time we tell her, "Okay, mom, now we're here in Chicago and we're in yeah. Nebraska and we're just getting to more and more states." Um, but for the boys, it always seemed to make sense that they would be interested in this, though. They maybe didn't see it from the very beginning. Yeah. So, so it's really exciting to be able. Just when you think they don't care or they're not that interested, it's like, well, well what are we doing about this? And all of a sudden, it's we, and it's like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Guys, I always ask about social media, and your product is a little bit different. Do you do social media, and is it important? <laughs> we we do social media. We don't do it well. Um, again, that falls on to pretty much my shoulders. Sure. Um, but. Um, Yes, it is important because, and especially with the new packaging, we're getting ready to put it out. We're we're on Facebook, uh-huh. not great. Uh, we're on Instagram, just went on Instagram, and you know it's kind of fun. But to be really honest and frank with you about that, one of the things about social media, and and I'm sure this is because of our generation that we're in, um, it feels like we're bragging. And so that's a real big challenge. You know, it's like, I'm sure you'll like it. Just try it. But I don't want to say it's the best thing you'll ever put in your mouth. You know, that would be, that seems braggadocious. And so it's really hard. And it seems like social media is a lot of bragging. You need to hire <laughs> me to say it, Krista, because I have no problem telling people it's the best thing you've ever put in your mouth. Honestly, I love this product so much. Thank you. But I Thank can, you. it's a really interesting point of view. Um. I think of social media as more like lifestyle choices. So then I Mm. think about it from the standpoint, and maybe this will help you get past that, like the lifestyle of the product. So for me, it's, it, it is like once you taste it, you're a convert because it is that good, but it's just also the lifestyle of the, I can have a teaspoon of this and it's 20 calories and I don't feel so bad. Right. And I sometimes like, that's my treat for the night is I'll just have a bite of it before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to put it on popcorn and I'm going to serve it with my family and we're going to have a family movie night and it's kind of homey and fun and something that I made that tastes elevated and better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that may help you. How do you, how does this product fit into the lifestyle of what we want to do of just wholesome, good products? Right, right. I think one of the best things is the five ingredients. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it, it's clean. You can just, you see the label, you know all of the ingredients and it, it's not bad and a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. And I, um, again, I'm a huge fan and you guys should all buy this. It's Velvet Bees Honey Butter. <laughs> We're going to uh, go ahead and get wrapped up here. Is there, um, if we think about you in the next five years, outside of transitioning potentially to your sons, is there something you think we'll see on the horizon from you? Probably this the, the first thing that you'll see, well, the new new um, branding. I think that will um, be adding a flavor uh-huh. and um, and eventually more flavors. We've got some in our arsenal that are... Just killer. They're yeah, very, very good. Yeah, I can good. only imagine. Oh, my so goodness. So that's really exciting news. But keeping it simple. 
Yeah, you know, just the five ingredients, and 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 now there are so many flavors available to us. Though one of our favorites, when we first started, we did this apple cinnamon, and I actually <laughs> thought about that. Yes, well, it's but there is not an apple cinnamon tree, um, but oh man, was that good? Yeah. <laughs> so we want it to be okay. You can grow it, or you can, you know, whatever. So your flavors will be dictated by the idea of simple. Mm-hmm. Wholesome, organic, mm-hmm. potentially natural. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that yeah. lets my mind go in lots of different directions. <laughs> so I will be interested to see what you come up with. Thank you for being my guest today. It Thank has you. really been my Thank pleasure you. to talk to you. We're thrilled to be here.